Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Have you ever been in the ocean when there's really big waves and they're just pushing you in a certain direction? Or maybe you're in a river and you're trying to cross the river, but the river's really powerful and you have to fight against the current. Well, that's what it feels like trying to live as Christian disciples amidst this very secular culture. You know, it's hard, right? How, how do I maintain my Catholic faith when there's so many forces in the secular culture that are pushing us in directions that we don't really want to go? How, how do I build a strong marriage? How do I raise children in this culture? How do I build a really strong Catholic home? This can be really hard. Well, last week, we talked about the theme of interior freedom. Interior freedom is not based on what's happening outside of me and the circumstances in my life and in, in my society. So it's not dependent on what's going on in my job and my workplace. It's not dependent on what's happening in Wall Street and my finances. It's not dependent on who is in the White House. Uh, no, no, you know, those things, you know, even if, if there's a lot of chaos going on in the world around me, we can still have this interior freedom, this freedom to love and give the best of ourselves. So how do we grow in this interior freedom? That's what I want to talk about today. How do I grow in this interior freedom? I want to talk about one key, one key that's absolutely crucial for us to cultivate this interior freedom in our lives. And that key is virtue. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sri. Really good to be with you all again. You know, my wife and I had a wonderful week of being able to do some apostolic work together. It was really fun. You know, she and I were invited to be on the Catholic Answers Live radio show. So a big shout out to Catholic Answers, a wonderful apostolate there in San Diego. Uh, Catholic Answers has had me on many times for the last oh, 10, 20 years or so. Uh, but this is the first time they invited Beth to come along and we talked about the realities of marriage. It was so fun. Not just the theology of marriage or theology of the body, but no, no, the real day-to-day -day challenges, trials, struggles that all couples face. Uh, and and it was really fun to take listeners' questions and talk about the challenges everybody faces in marriage. Uh, it, was a, it was a real blast. So thank you to Catholic Answers there. We also got to do a couple's uh, little day, little little evening retreat, if you will, a little Bible study with uh, military couples based in Florida. My wife has a big heart for the military, especially uh, military wives who make so many sacrifices for their husbands who serve in our country. So thank you all for your service to our country. And we also got to do uh, a couples group with Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish in Carmel, Indiana. So big shout out to that group, especially to Joe and Jill Reitz. You may know Joe, he was an offensive lineman with the Indianapolis Colts and he has a big heart for mission and uh, sharing his faith. And so I'm hoping to have him on the show here as we move into 2021 here. So uh, real great joy to do those things with Beth this last week. I also want to give a shout out to St. Maximilian Colby Book Group in Houston. I got to meet with St. Anne's Parish in Cincinnati. We finished our three-part series together. Uh, the My friends in Perusia Media in Sydney, Australia. We did our Book of Revelation Bible study last week. And the couples group in Long Beach, California. It's been so fun fun doing all of these little ministries all over the, the internet, doing this online meeting with small groups. And I want to tell you all about something. We are now just opening up 2021. So if you have a small group, you have a men's group, a women's group, a Bible study group, or something, a ministry at your parish, maybe a couple's group, uh, you can contact me to learn more 
And I'd love to come visit your group sometime. That's events.edwards3 at gmail.com. That's events.edwards3, Edward SRI, at gmail.com. Especially Lent. You know, we're going to open up January, February, March, and April. Uh, but especially in the season of Lent, I know a lot of people are always looking for something spiritual in Lent. And it may be a hard Lent. We don't know what's going to happen. Lent is always kind of hard. But with COVID and all, we don't know what the restrictions are going to be like. And I know people are going to be longing for devotion and community. So uh, if you have a small group, I'd love to come do something like a Lenten little retreat or a Lenten Bible study. Maybe you're doing the No Greater Love Bible study. I can come in and do a, a Q&A with you. But if you want to learn more, again, you can contact me at events.edwards3 at gmail.com. That's events.edwardsri at gmail.com. But let's talk about this one key for cultivating interior freedom, real freedom on the inside not dependent on what's happening in the circumstances of my life. And that key is virtue. But what exactly is virtue? I want to make sure we all have this clear in our minds. You know, sometimes people think of virtues as kind of like values. You know, as, you, know you got to have good values. I remember hearing that as a kid. You know, I heard you know, in, in the schools and maybe on some retreats I went on, it's really important to clarify your values and have really good values. But there's a challenge if all you do is have good values. You know, when I often do marriage conferences, I always like to ask the couples two questions. I say, hey, how many of you value your spouse? And then everybody raises their hands, right? They better if their spouse is there. <laughs> so they all raise their hands. And then I ask a second question. I said, how many of you have ever done something to hurt your spouse? And then they all kind of laugh a little bit and raise their hands again. Uh, the idea is you may value your spouse and you really care about your spouse. You really want to be a good husband or wife to your spouse, but that's not enough to just have that value, that ideal, that noble intention, if you will. Uh, it's all fine, but you, you need a lot more. If you don't have the virtue to put your values into practice, you're never going to be the best husband or wife that you can be. See, having values isn't enough. Uh, you may say you value prayer. Like if I ask you all right now, do you value prayer? How, do you think prayer is important? Do you hold prayer in high esteem in your life? <laughs> I think you'd all say, yeah, yeah, prayer, time with Jesus is good. And then if I have followed up with a question, do you pray consistently? Do you pray every day? No matter what's going on, do you take time every day, quiet time for God? Like, I, I not just say a couple of prayers, but I mean, do you really have that time every day? You know, it's one thing to say I value prayer. It's another thing to carve out time, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, to carve out time for friendship with Jesus, conversation with him, Lexio Divina, Ignatian meditation, whatever Catholic, authentic Catholic method of prayer you use. It's one thing to say I value prayer. It's another thing to actually put it into practice every day of my life, no matter how busy I get, no matter how tired I am, no, no matter what other interesting things I might like to do or how many emails I have in my inbox. No, I make God the number one priority in my life. That, that's virtue. Prayer is a virtue. It's not just a value. Do you have the virtue of prayer? Same thing. You know, I might say I really value my spouse, but then I might not be as kind as I should be or as, as merciful as I could be. And I can hold grudges and things like that. So I value my spouse. I really do. But I, I don't have the virtue to love my spouse the way she deserves me to love her. I may say I value my kids and, and I really do, but, but if I don't have virtue, maybe I'll get impatient with them and I can crush their spirit, make them feel bad and 
And I don't really want to do that, but if I don't have the character structure on the inside, the interior freedom to, to handle little discipline situations in a very healthy, peaceful, firm, but, but loving way, if I don't have that interior character structure, if I don't have the virtues of prudence and patience, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to handle those things well. And I'll end up either failing to discipline my kids or come down too hard on them when I, when, when they just need to firm, gentle, loving discipline. Maybe, you know, I, I say things like, you know, Hey, I, I value my colleagues, but if I don't think things through at work, and all of a sudden there's a lot, I have to come to people at the last minute. I, that's, it's actually because of my lack of foresight, it, it causes other people to have to drop things. And, and, and it was my lack of virtue that kept, you know, them from, you know, being able to achieve what they want to do that day. And because of my mistake, now their problem, my problems become their problem. And, and that, that's a lack of virtue on my part. I think we all have these things in our lives, right? We need more than values. I can't just say I value my colleagues, I value my children, I value my spouse, I value my God. I need, I need virtue. So let's talk about that now. What is virtue? What exactly is virtue? Quoting from the Catechism, Article 1803, virtue is the habitual disposition to do the good. It's the habitual disposition to do the good. So it's, don't think of virtue as just a habit. You know, you can have a habit like tapping a pen on a desk or picking your nose. <laughs> I mean, you can have like all kinds of habits. No, no, this is a habitual disposition to do the good. You can also have habits like procrastinating, or you, you can have habits of pride. You can have habits of lust. Those are called vices. Those aren't virtues. So you may consistently sleep in all the time. You may consistently turn things in late. You may consistently have lustful thoughts. <laughs> That's not a virtue. You have a habit, but it's a bad habit. It's leading you to not be the best you can be. That's called a vice. We'll talk more about vices later. But virtue, virtue is a habitual disposition to do the good. You do it easily, you do it promptly, you do it consistently. Those are some of the characteristics of virtue. And, and it's like second nature. You know, think of virtue as kind of like a skill. Just this weekend, we had a, a great soccer game. So I think many of you listeners know I'm a big soccer fan. And my kids all play soccer. And every once in a while, we, we invite just friends from all over the Denver area. And we, we, we just do a pickup soccer game, maybe on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And my kids come, some of their friends come. And then you've got focused missionaries coming, students from the Augustine Institute coming, people from different ministries and old people like me <laughs> coming along. And we all just have a fun, a pretty competitive soccer game. Uh, we had one just today and I'm really sore <laughs> from, from the game. We were down four to one at halftime and we came back and tied the game and the other team got a ball through inside the box and we, we fouled them and they got to do a PK, a penalty kick. Thankfully, they missed the PK. So we ended as a tie, 5-5. Five, five. Um, but anyway, you know, I'm not a great soccer player. I love the game, and, and I, but I don't have the skills. I don't have the touch. I've got, I've got kids that are just really, really good at soccer. And you could just tell like, like, like some of my boys, they, the ball's flying in the air and they can just immediately trap the ball and start running. They know exactly how to pass the ball, where to run. They've got the skills of the game. And we were playing with some people who played at the university level. And you could tell there was one guy that was there, man, he owned the defense. And just anytime you, anyone would try to you know, get around him, he stopped them every single time. These are, are people who have the skills 
of soccer. It's second nature for them. It's easy. You don't even have to think about it. You just kind of, I just watch, you know, some of my teenage boys or I watch this, this big defender in the back and I just see like, the, it's just second nature. They just, they make it, they make it look so easy uh, how they dribble the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball. Whereas when they pass the ball to me, I'm always like, okay, do I go left? Do I go right? And I, I'm trying, you know, I know the game and I, I'm, you know, I'm not horrible, but I definitely don't have, I'm almost horrible, <laughs> but, but I, I, I don't have the skills and it's not as easy for me. Every once in a while, I'll make a good shot. I'll make a really good pass. I'm not as consistent on it. Um, think of virtue as like when you've got that skill, like you can, whether it's playing soccer, playing basketball or playing the violin or the cello, uh, or speaking a language, whatever it is, it's just, it's just second nature. You don't have to think about it. It's just, be, it's become a part of who you are. And that, that's what I want to highlight tonight. We want to grow in virtue because that's what really gets to the core of who we are, the core of our identity, the core of our uh, our, our, how Christ is really changing us with his grace. You know, when, when it's second nature, it's not something I have to think about and work at as much. It, it's, it just becomes natural that when I'm in a, a certain situation, I know how to respond, even if it's a difficult one, even if it's a sorrowful situation, a situation involving suffering or disappointment, because I've cultivated the virtues in my life, I can face those trials and obstacles and sorrows that are always going to come up in life. I can face them and I remain steady. I remain peaceful. I remain moving forward. You know, I may be, certainly I can be sad and I can have, you know, stress and all these things, but nevertheless, I'm moving forward and doing what God wants me to do for him, for the people around me. Uh, the catechism explains that virtue allows us to give the best of ourselves, to give the best of ourselves to God, to our spouse, to our children, to our colleagues, to our church. We become men and women who are reliable. We become dependable. Do you know people like that? Maybe you think about this at work. Maybe there's certain people in your community, at your parish, that there's some people you know that if, if, I, if I give them this, they're, they're, they're going you know, to handle it really well. If I ask for help, they're going to respond really quickly. There are other people maybe in the office or in our community that if I have a certain task, something important, I don't know if I want to give it to them. I'm not sure how it's going to go. Uh, there's other people, if you ask them for help, you're not sure if they're going to really want to with all their heart. You know what I'm talking about? You know, there's some people like, like again, like when, when, if you want to pass the ball to my son, Paul, you, you know, my son, Carl, you give the ball to them. You just know they're going to know what to do with the ball in the soccer pitch <laughs> on the soccer field. You know, you give the ball to me. It's kind of like, oh, 50, 50, Dr. Shree's going to do the right thing. You know, he might, you know, but you're not sure. You know, I'm not as dependable on the field. We want to be men and women that are dependable on the field of life. We, we want to be men and women that are reliable, dependable for our families, for our friends, for our community. We want to be like Mary who found favor with God. You know, that biblical expression at the Annunciation, Gabriel says, you have found favor with God. You ever wonder what that means? It doesn't just mean like, oh, God's playing favorites with Mary. That's not what it's about. It's a biblical expression used in the Old Testament to describe someone that is trustworthy. You can entrust a lot to them. You read about this in Genesis 39 verse four, where the Old Testament patriarch Joseph, if you remember, his brothers sold him into slavery. So he's a slave in Egypt working for a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar had many servants, but he saw that Joseph was reliable. He was dependable. He was trustworthy. 
And so Potiphar entrusted his entire estate, his entire household affairs into the hands of Joseph. Joseph was like the manager, the the steward of the day-to-day affairs of Potiphar's house. In Genesis 39 verse 4 says, Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight. To find favor means you're trustworthy, you're reliable, you're dependable. And you can entrust a lot to that person. Mary found favor with God. God entrusted a lot with Mary, his own divine son. (laughs) So we want to be like Mary. We want to be like Joseph. We want to be men and women that can be trustworthy, that people can lean on. We're reliable. And why is that? Because we have virtue, because we're consistent, because we're we're prompt. We, we, We have a lot of joy in when in doing the good. And we all know that there's people around us in our families. You know, we have some relatives, people in our workplace, colleagues that aren't very dependable, reliable. They might get the job done, but they might not do it with joy. There may be a lot of conflict or grumbling with it or whatever it might come at some cost. Or maybe they're not consistent. Uh, maybe they, they don't really respond quickly. You know, that happens in the workplace. It may happen in, in our, our, our relatives, you know, it may happen in our parish even. Let's not be men and women like that where people have to go second guess. Ooh, I don't know if I want to go to that person. Let's be men and women who are like Mary. Let's find favor in God's eyes and other people's eyes in the sense of being a reliable, dependable, trustworthy person. That's what, that's what virtue does for us. You know, virtue really then makes us the kind of men and women that can contribute to do great things for other people. Maybe not great things in Washington or Wall Street or in the big things, but right, remember, but but the real important things are what's happening every day. And I just want to say what whatever is going on and you know at the point of this broadcast, you know, so you know, there's there's still things that are unfolding. There's gonna be lawsuits with this election and stuff, and you may be worried what's gonna happen. Is there gonna be a peaceful transition of power and all that? You know, but in the end, remember that the real battle that, that matters the most, far more important than any election of any one country, is the battle going on in every heart. I just think about St. Paul. St. Paul, do you think St. Paul was so anxious? about what was happening, who got elected to the Roman Senate. <laughs> you know, do you ever see him writing about all of those matters in his letters? It's not that he wouldn't think they were important. And, and when he was there in Rome, I bet he did engage in some of that. So don't get me wrong. I think, you know, we have to build up the temporal order. We want to give our best to, to bring Christ into all areas of the secular world. Absolutely. But at the same time, let's put it in proper perspective. What's the battle that matters most? It's, the, it's all the stuff going on with the good angels and the bad angels. It's the things we can't see. And, and it's the battle raging in our own souls right now for interior freedom. The good angels are working for us. God wants us to, to have that interior freedom. He wants us to have virtue. He wants us to be the kind of men and women that are reliable, dependable, trustworthy, so that we can give the best of ourselves in our local spheres of influence and and that that comes if you're married that comes in your marriage it comes with your children if you're single it comes with your friends and the people God's placing in your life right now so so all of those things you know this is we want to give our best there and and to do that we need virtue virtue is the absolute key let's build up virtue in our homes let's teach our children virtue let's grow in virtue how do we actually grow in virtue that's 
what we're going to talk about in the next podcast. So I'm doing this little theme here in November, really looking at this theme of interior freedom, virtue today. And now we're going to talk next week about how to grow in virtue and how it's so important that we are actively, intentionally growing in virtue, teaching our children to grow in virtue, how important that is. We're going to talk practically next week on how to grow in virtue. What does the Catholic Church actually teach about that? And it'll be very practical next week. And that's going to be the real you know, living out of that interior freedom. We'll see that bear fruit in our lives. Thanks so much for listening. Again, if you want to reach out to me uh, about those small group online events starting in 2021, especially in Lent, you can contact me at events.edwards3.com at gmail.com. That's events.edwards3 at gmail.com. And you can always reach me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, my friends. God bless.